Thank you for being a good God, a merciful God. Thank you for waking us up, Father Lord. Uh, we know that so many didn't get the opportunity today, Father Lord. Lord, for those communities right now, just uh, globally, Lord, that are impacted by the hurricane, Father Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you just restore the communities, you restore the people, Father Lord. You send those right Nehemiahs in those communities, Lord, to bring people back to you, Father Lord. Um, and Lord, as we're here in Dubuque, Iowa, Father Lord, continue to work in us, Father Lord, because we don't have to look globally to see broken communities and broken people. We can just look right across from us and just look in our backyard. So help us, Father Lord, and encourage us to be the Nehemiah in our community, Father Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 So uh, a few days ago, I received uh, a phone call from my little brother. And if you guys know my little brother, he's like 6'5". I kid you not. He's real big, about my height. Uh, he <laughs> Don't laugh. God's still working on me. <laughs> so he called me, actually texted me and my older brother. And the text message was like, you know what? I'm going through so much right now. I'm burnt out. I can't do this no more. And I responded back the usually way that I respond back, hey, suck it up, all right? See, with my family, I can do certain things like that, all right? Then I called him, and I wanted to learn more, like, hey, what's going on with you, man? And he just said, man, work, life, just everything is just beating me up, man. I'm just burnt out. And we, we all get to a place where we're just burnt out. But again, I responded to him, like, hey, when you look from birth to now, man, we've been through a lot as kids, man. Right. We've been through a lot. And now is not the time to give up because pressure is coming from all different direction. Now is the time to continue to lift your hands up and praise God. Right. Because I said, look around, look around. We are one situation away from a spiritual hurricane to hit us. Right. And we lose everything. Or we can be one praise away from receiving our breakthrough. So I said, continue to praise God. And then it hit me as I was studying the word that how often as Christians do you hear other people's testimonies, right? How often are we celebrating how good God is? Just think about it. When you walk in the church, how many people have you talked to that's running up to you and say, hey, I want to tell you how good God is? Or when you're at work, what do we typically hear? Man, life is hard right now, man. It sucks, right? You go to work, it's always like negative things. There's nothing really spiritual and I think one of the things that we're going to learn today is God wants us to talk about those good things that he's done for him, right? So I have a, a spiritual question for you guys. So on the first slide, uh, and I want you guys to process these questions in your head. I don't really want you to answer it out loud because then you might distract me, all right? So <laughs> the question is, I want you to name a time in your life when the walls around you were broken, right? So really think about that. A time in your life when everything around you was probably broken. Was it your finance? Was it your job? Was it your marriage? Was it friends? Were you dealing with brain health or mental health? What was it? Name it in your head, right? What was the feeling as a result of that? Were you sad? Did you want to give up? Did you call someone and say, you know what, I can't do this no more? Right? Those feelings that we go through cause actions, right? And the last question that I want you to think about, if it wasn't for God stepping in, where would you be right now? Again, if it wasn't for God stepping in, where would you be right now? 
See, when I was in uh, high school, and it was actually my senior year, my sister and I, she was taking me to get my final picture, like your senior picture, if you guys still do that these days. So senior picture, on the way coming back, it was a one-way going this way and a one-way coming this way, and my sister was driving. I think we were going to get something to eat. And another car on the opposite side was in a rush, tried to pass another car, and hit me and my sister head on. Right away, my body just flew. I didn't have a seatbelt on. My body just flew, and I hit the window, and I came back. The car just started spinning. And right away in my head, I luckily just jumped out the car and did like a few steps, and I just fell down. And all I could hear was, Anderson! Anderson! And the ambulance came and took me and my sister, and I remember just the walls on that vehicle was broken for my sister. Everything was just shattered, broken. They actually had to cut my sister out. And I asked her eventually, like, hey, why were you screaming? She says, I thought you were dead. I didn't see you in the car, right? So we all go through different issues, but God, right? We all have a but God moment. And again, how often do we take the time to celebrate all that God has done for us? See, today, I want you to remember that experience that you just thought about. And I want you to think about the walls being broken around you and thinking about how God stepped in. It's time for believers to celebrate all that God has done for us, right? And you have to make that personal. All that God has done for you. Every single day, he is doing something specific for you, right? It's time for us to celebrate him with a pure heart. You heard the lady singing earlier, creating me a, a clean and pure heart. Why? So that we can truly worship him right? As you will see in chapter 12, it's time for the people around you also to know how good your God is. Amen? So today we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 12, starting with verse 27. And I strongly encourage you guys, because I'm going to be going through out the verses for you personally to get in the word yourself, right? And for you to understand what God is trying to tell you as an individual, So you can look up on the screen or you can grab your smartphone or there should be a a, a Bible. As I mentioned, I'm going to be going in and out and paraphrasing a lot of uh, cool things from my reading. I'm looking around to make sure everyone got a Bible in their hands. All right, we're good to go. All right, starting with verse 27. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication. They, they, they're doing this with gladness, with thanksgiving, and they're doing this with singing, and they have all these types of instruments. Verse 28, and the sons of the singers, right, they too was gathered from all around. So what's going on in just the first two? There's a party going on. There's a celebration, right? And you have the Levites, and you have like the best singers. So you have Raquel, Miss Bridget, Miss Lemetra. You got all the top singers coming to celebrate. And what are they doing? What are they celebrating? They're celebrating not just the wall, although it says the wall, it's bigger than the wall. Because through our learning, if you remember, this was a community that was broken for hundreds of years, right? The people were broken, the walls were broken. Nehemiah came and he built the wall, and he actually built the wall in 52 days. Right. I'm not talking about a small wall. Just think he just built the entire Dubuque community in 52 days. So what may seem like a years of suffering for you is only days for God. 
right? And he can send the right people to restore and build everything. So they're celebrating all that God has done for them. Again, these were people who were broken. Their communities were broken. The poor within were being taken advantage of by their own brothers and sisters, the rich people, right? God was not at the center of the lives of the people. Men, men were not leading. And as a result, the women and the children were distracted and they were far away from God. We probably don't see that in 2019, do we? We still see those things happening, right? When walls are broken, people are broken, people are so far away from God. Although he's done so much for us us, since the beginning, we're still so far away from us. But God, right, even in their mess, even with all those challenges, God was able to take those mess and turn it to a masterpiece for his glory, right? And as a result, you see right away that people are celebrating. They're happy. They're excited. Not only were they excited, but in verse 30, you see the priests and the Levites. So these are all the political people. They purify themselves, like the song said, right? Purifying themselves. The people, the gates and the wall. When I saw this right here, I just started laughing because I'm kind of like old school a little bit. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm old school a little bit. I think about when you purchase a house or you're renting a house and you're walking in. For some of you, what's the first thing you do before you put like all the nice dishes and stuff on the counter? There we go. I got another old person with me. You bleach everything, right? Some of you are like, what? You bleach? You probably like uh, Pine Sol or what's the new spray that people, Lysol, they use that? You guys probably spray Lysol, but some people, you just bleach everything, right, to make sure that the things are clean, right? And it's smelling good. It's nice before you put your nice plates on it. The, the people, the priests and the Levites, it was a, a ritual for them. Right, before they could celebrate God, they had to go through like these 10 steps or 20 steps to get in the presence of God. And part of that was purifying themselves, making sure that inside they were clean, especially if they were praying for other sinners. Right. So if I would sin, I would have to go to and say, hey, can you please pray on my behalf? And then they would have to do like these 20 steps. And I'm pretty sure in 2019, they would be tired of a lot of us because we would sin every single day. Right. Based on the laws back in the days right? We would be sinners. Well, we still are sinners, but we would have to go through a lot. So they understood before they could get in the presence of God that they would have to purify themselves so that they would be able to worship God. Also in the Old Testament, when I look at Psalms 24, 3 through 4, and you can just look right up here on your screen. Again, this is King David talking. He says, who shall ascend on the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. See, back in the Old Testament, again, they had to do all these different rituals. But today, we don't have to do those things. We can go straight to the Father himself. We can go straight to Jesus Christ, the last sacrifice, right? But still, you have to have a pure heart. You got to have a pure heart who wants to repent and not do those old things anymore. In the New Testament, in Matthew uh, 6.21, as we continue to try to figure out why did they have to have a pure heart, right? In the New Testament, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This right here made me think about back in the days when you look at the pirates, they would hide their treasure, right? So that way no one can get it. They would find a place, dig it, put their hearts or their treasure or their gold and make sure no one would get it. And relationships, we make sure because we've had broken hearts before, 
by certain people, our hearts are hardened, and we don't want to give our hearts away to individuals, right? So some of us play hard to get, right? We play hard to get because we don't want people to have our true hearts. That's what, it, that's what it is with the Bible, too. We come in here and we do all these different rituals, these different things, but our hearts are so far away from God, and God is saying, I want you guys to have a true heart before you come in my presence. I also remember uh, when I was in college, believe it or not, I was a, a, a wild kid to a point. I used to host all the parties at our college, different engagement activities for people, all right? Some of y'all was with me now, so don't get. <laughs> I ain't going to call no names out. <laughs> so I used to host all the parties and all the events. I kid you not. You knew if you went to UD, right, if you wanted to have a good time on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and possibly Sunday, yeah, you go, you go talk to Anderson and the frat boys, right? But it wasn't until a point where I just got tired, like I couldn't do it no more, right? See, I was still experiencing a lot of different, as we call it now, maybe trauma and different experiences. Back home in Florida, my parents were still struggling and still struggle financially, right? All the things that I was dealing with when I was a kid, there was times where I didn't have food, times where I didn't have electricity. Still in college because roommates don't pay bills. I got to take a shower with cold water. You know, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have a meal. She had a meal plan. So I was, thank goodness for my wife, because I did not have a meal plan. So I was hungry all the time. If I didn't have my job, I wouldn't know where I would get my meal from. But I was just tired, right? On the outside, it looked like I was clean and I was happy. But in the inside, my heart was just hurting so bad, right? I wasn't celebrating. I was one of those individuals that was in the pity party as well, right? Complaining, right? Not happy with life. Nowhere was God close to me. And eventually, once you get to a point where you're tired and you can't do it no more, you're saying, you know what, God, if you'll do it, I'll serve you. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'll follow you if you help me. So that's what I did, slowly, right? Because it is a process when you commit your life to God, when you're giving him your, your entire heart. So I began to walk in a different path. And I still remember uh, a lot of the people, at this time it was MySpace and not Facebook, messaging me and saying, hey, Anderson, can't you still do that God thing and still party? Like, he knows your heart, right? You still can party. God knows your heart. And I would respond in my head, that's the point. God knows my heart, right? He knows and he sees the things that no man or woman can see, right? That's why he wants you to have a pure heart. He wants all of you, not half of you or not a little bit of you. He wants all of you. He wants to be the number one priority. And at that time, especially in my old days, I wasn't thinking about God too much. I was thinking, how do I get Keisha? Right. If I'm going to be honest with you, it was recruiting season. I was like, man, I got to have her. As you see, I got her, though. Right. I put a ring on it. I got it. So at that time, our heart was so far away from God. But God is saying he wants he wants the real you. He wants your heart. See, again, a lot of us can walk down here, down these stairs and we're doing all these different rituals. But what does that mean? If God doesn't have your heart, every single day he's giving you the breath in your body, but you still have a hardened heart. The word is being preached, and every single Sunday, it's the main message, right? God wants you. God wants you. Regardless how the pastor is communicating, God wants you. And you're lifting your hands, right? But still, that message is not sinking in in your heart. It's not producing anything. 
And as a result, that feeling that you have is not sharing how good God is to other people. You see, the word and what God is doing for you is not just for you, right? It's to provide you hope, but also for you to go out and tell other people. So you might be thinking also, okay, where is Nehemiah and where is Ezra during this time, right? There's a celebration going on. There's a party going on. People are worshiping. They're singing. They have pure hearts. Well, Nehemiah is there too. Nehemiah is there and Nehemiah 31. Right away you see he is communicating. And I I laugh because I was thinking of Pastor JJ around this time when I'm reading both of these scriptures right here because what he's doing, he's mobilizing the leaders, right? Behind the scenes, he's mobilizing the leaders, he's organizing people and trying to get the leaders into their place right away is what you see, right? Then I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the hill. Then he had two great choirs to give thanks, right? So the leaders at that time, if you guys remember, were the men, right? Getting men together for them to understand their place so that we can go worship. I got, I got a question for the men. Do you know your place? Do you know your place in God's kingdom, right? That's a question for you to ask yourself every single day. Do you know your place? The next thing that I, I found interesting this morning is they went on top of the, the walls, right? They went on top of the walls and to get into their place to praise and worship. Your praise and your worship will get you to the top. Yes. Let me say that again. Your praise and your worship that comes out of your body and your spirit can get you to the top. And if you're wondering why am I not at the top right now, look at your praise and your worship. Are you praising and your worship? Are you complaining about everything, right? You're keeping all that goodness that God has done for you inside. What I also find interesting is there's two groups here. There's two groups. Nehemiah took one and it went to the south side. Ezra took the other one to the north side. They're moving on up. (laughs) But there's two groups on one mission, one purpose. See, some of you You might want to look at your circle as well. Look at your group and see and ask, is my group helping me get to the top? See, some of you, you might be hanging out with people just because you like them, but they're not helping you get to your purpose in life. See, that's why I try to be very intentional that I don't just hang out with everyone anymore, right? I'm not back in the days with Bird where I want to be cool with everyone. I want to hang out with people on purpose, right, intentionally. Right? You might need to look at your circle and say, are these people helping me get to where I need to be in life or are they pulling me down? Because what we see right here is that these folks right here were going to the top collectively. They're on one mission, one purpose to give God the praise that he deserved. Right? They remember from birth to now all that God has done for them and he deserves our praise. Right? Not just a little bit, but all of it. Verse 43. So not only did they give God praise and worship, right? They were together collectively. Men were in place. Men were lining up where they're supposed to be. But they also gave great sacrifices that day. They were singing songs. They were thanking God. And the joy was heard from far away. Again, your praise and your worship is not just for you. Who, who knows about your testimony? Who knows about your praise and your worship? Who knows about the God that you serve? See, what God has done for you should be heard far away in Dubuque, right? Far away, wherever you're going, your area of influence, people should know how good your God is. I'm not telling you to go out there and just pound Jesus on people's head, right? But your actions, right? 
what you say, what you do, people should look at you and say, you know what, there's something about you, right? And I want to know more about that. That's when you got him or that's when you got her. Let me show you a little bit about my God and my testimony, right? And it shouldn't be only when things are bad that we are talking about God, right? One of the things that I was talking to myself earlier as I was preparing for this, it seems like when we do prayers, right? The only time people want to come up for prayers when things are bad, right? But when you look at what was going on, people want to go worship God because the things are good, right? The friends are good. Life is good. The walls are built, right? We probably got jobs now. They want to praise God because things are good. We shouldn't be only coming up here only to ask for prayer when things are bad. We should be coming up here to telling others how good our God is, right? You got breath in your body. That's a reason to praise God. You can see again, right? That's a reason to praise God. You can call your family and friends and say, I love you. Some people can't do that, right? Some people can't do the simple things. But you have every single reason, every single day, every single second to praise God. Even if life is horrible, right? You can't pay bills. Your friends and your neighbors are making you sick. The pastor Kimball is making you mad, whatever, right? He'd be making me mad sometimes. But that doesn't take us away from our our, 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 our obligations to praise God and worship him and telling people how good he is to get on the top and say, God, you are worthy, right? You are worthy because you know what he did? He picked each and every single one of us up, right, and turned us around, right? Doesn't that make you want to shout hallelujah? Thank you, Jesus. He didn't have to do it. But what was it about you, right? What was it about you that he says, you know what, when I send my only son, it's all worth it. And what I truly love about this as well, again, men, just poking at men again. When we got in line in the previous uh, section, look what happened also. The women and children also rejoiced. Like they also got in line, right? Men that have spouses at home, if you're married, let's start with married men first. What do your wife and children see when they're at home, right? Do they see a, a kingdom man who's worshiping, who's praising God, who's leading by example? Or you might say, well, I don't have a spouse. It's just me at home. Well, what does your kid see if you have children at home or if you have a pet, right? Your pets need to see Jesus too, right? (laughs) But what do they see in the household? And if you're by yourself, right, when you're walking out, what do people see? Do they see you on top still praising God, worshiping God, telling people how good God is? Because I know you have a circle. Even if you don't have a circle in your house, I know you have a circle that you hang out with. Do they know your God? Do they know your testimony? People need to hear your testimony because they need to know that they're not alone. They need to know that don't give up right now. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time more than ever to lift your hands up and praise God and worship him, right? That, you know what, I'm willing to go with you to the top and we can praise together. You don't have to be alone. We can go praise God together. If you've ever been to my uh, house, uh, my wife and I, we have this cool uh, picture. And I'll give you an example of what that looks like. It's a, a male and a female uh, locked arms together. And they're on their knees. And they're pushing, they're pushing things in the air, right? It's their money, cars, clothes, like all these material things. And two things are in the sky. There's the dove and there's hands reaching for the materials, Right? And I remember at the dinner table, my wife and I was talking to our children, and we said, hey, 
when you see that picture, uh, what comes to mind, right? We ask all our children this, right? And of course, my political son is going to be a politician one day. Uh, I already see it. He, and him and my kids, they, uh, they responded, I see mom, I see dad, I see them lifting everything to God, right? I didn't tell them to say that. They see that in a household, right? What do your kids see in your household? Do they see people worshiping and praising God, living the talk, right, and not just talking the talk? Are you sharing your testimony even with your own kids so that they can believe, right? And I'm not saying everything in my household is perfect. I'm just saying what we do in our household, right? We make sure our kids know that there is a real living God, right, and that he is the priority, right? What's the priority in your household? I want to end with this spiritual question. So I started off with the spiritual question, and I want to end with a a spiritual question. When you, and make this personal, when you think about what the Lord has done for you, make it personal, for you as an individual, what does it make you want to do? Right? Again, when you think about from birth to now, and I'm pretty sure if I give the mic, each and every single one of us, we have a testimony of how good God is right? But why do you keep that goodness inside of you? Why aren't you celebrating how good God is? Why aren't you telling people how good your God is, right? Is it because you don't have a pure heart? Everything inside of you is still hard? You're still frustrated about something that happened years ago? It's because you don't have the right people to go with you to the top? If everyone can just bow their heads, I don't want no one to look Right now, you may be that individual that don't know this God that I'm talking about right now, this good God, that when you're just in his presence, there's so much joy, there's so much happiness, there's so much love, and you want to experience this God for your own self. You don't need to do anything fancy. As we learned today, you just need to have a pure heart. If the message really touched your heart, You just need to open up and say, God, you can have all of me, Lord. Just have all of me. Like I said, Lord, I don't know what this looks like, but if you take the will, I'll follow you. If you're that person today who wants to experience that God, just raise your hand. Yep, yep, I see it. Yep, yep, yep. Doesn't need to be anything fancy. While you're just at your seat right now, you can just just say, God, you can just have all of me. Create in me a clean heart, God, and purify me. That's all you need to say. Nothing fancy, right? Because God sees your heart right now. I may not can see your heart, but God sees your heart. You may be an individual right now that's saying, you know what? I've been going the wrong way for a long time, and I just want to get back in a place, right? I just want to get back in the right place with God and just, you know, begin to share my testimony and worship him. You know, I want to change my, my lane. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Again, it doesn't need to be anything fancy, right? You got that feeling right now inside of you. Now let your, let your walk do the walk now. Let your actions. And know that here at Radius Church, you're not alone because what we're trying to do behind the scenes like Nehemiah is mobilize people together so that we can go to the top together and praise and worship and let people know how good our God is. So you're not alone. And if you can just have a little grace with us and just work with us, You'll, you'll be going on this journey with us, okay? 
So I want to pray for both groups right now. And if I missed you, if you're just one of those individuals that just want to tell God how good he is, right, that's where you're at right now. Again, you can do that right where you're at or when it's time to pray, we'll have some prayer words up here. You can come up here and just share how good God is, right? When you leave this door, you can go share how good God is to your, your friends, those people in your circle. Let them know that they're not alone. God, I come to you right now, Father Lord, just saying you can have all of us, Father Lord. Lord, we thank you for being a, a merciful God. We thank you from birth to now, Father Lord. Some of us, Father Lord, we probably should have been dead or not where we're at right now, Father Lord, but you, you had your hands upon us, Father Lord. You had your angels looking over us, Father Lord. Instead of going out the window in that car accident, Father Lord, you was my seatbelt, Father Lord. So I thank you, Father Lord. Someone in here, Father Lord, don't know where their finance was coming from, Father Lord, but you were their finance, Lord. You were their shelter. You were their hope, Father Lord. You were their comfort, Father Lord. Father Lord, you still continue to be all those things that we miss, all those things that we desire, Father Lord. And Lord, I just pray, Father Lord, again, that you get the glory with our lives, Father Lord, today, because we know tomorrow is not promised, that a spiritual tornado can come today and take it all from us, Father Lord. So while we have the breath in our bodies, Father Lord, we want to give you the praise that you deserve, Father Lord. You are worthy to be praised, Father Lord. Thank you for picking us up, Lord, and turning us around, Father Lord. And for that, Father Lord, we say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, continue to keep your hands upon Radius Church. Each individual that came today, Father Lord, guide their footsteps as they leave these doors. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just guide them to the right church. And Lord, that they're building your kingdom, Father Lord. We thank you, Father Lord, and we love you. Amen.